are listening to the Ornation Podcast, the show about Orna, Orns, and Ornate Purified Falling Sky Leg Wraps. Hell yeah. I'm Omnis, and I'm here with Slash Vito, my main man. What's going on? Helsia and salutations, listeners. I, I did not originally mean the intro to be me talking about whatever ornate thing I had gotten most recently, but that might just keep going. That is that is some very cool shit. Uh man, I got I got one fallen sky cowl that I felt happy with. It was legendary, but it did have the water element on it, so Ooh, nice. Yeah. nice. That's that's some that's some sweet. Even as a uh, fro, fro, frozen legion, is that the actual name of my people? Frozen that sounds legion? right. Frozen guard might be frozen guard. Frozen guard. We're the frosty people, and you know, I, I understand that that gives you resistance against us, but I, I still think it's cool. So it's yeah, cool. yeah. The Knights of Inferno, uh, my squad, we could use that water resistance. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners, we're adding sort of a new section. It's it's going to be our spot where we kind of give uh, shout outs to uh, the comments and stuff that we've gotten or some interactions, but also where we might drop some news for the game. So it's going to be kind of a general news section. Um, and I will open it up with I just need a quick correction. I had said that the dousing rod was a 200 percent. Um increase and it is a 50% increase. I think the general gist of what we were saying in the moment was correct, but I wanted to make sure um, that got clarified. We we didn't really think about the luck discussion that much, but we kind of knew we wanted it in. The math that we were rattling off wasn't quite accurate, but our conclusions were still solid. If you want to get luck capped, you're going to need, uh, you're going to need two sources from gear uh, as well as that divining rod. Or one source from gear in your daily, and then another source you can get it from is always uh, the Circle of Anguish. So Nice. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, we also have a couple comments from Spotify. Uh, so this will be fun to kind of keep going. Um, Slash, why don't you give us the, give us the first comment? I, uh, I would love to. Our first comment is from the user Dro, who writes, I love the Codex Kill Count Contest. Uh, my nitty is 9,031 currently and counting. Worm Hunt is the best event. Dro, I agree with you there. Uh, great pod, guys. Already a big fan. Uh, thank you so much, dude. Uh, really appreciate reading encouraging words like this. So there's a lot to dig into with this comment for a moment. And one, 9,000 nitties is crazy. It's over 9,000. <laughs> it is literally over 9,000. But I've heard that also when you do the fights that have three nitties in the towers, that your count only goes up by one. Uh, assuming that that information that was passed on to me is correct, that makes the number of 9,000 actually ridiculous. It's a very impressive number. I don't think anybody should be ashamed of that. Yeah. Um, also, I do think that this uh, listener was the person who uh, shot me a message. And then I realized about a day after they shot me the message – I was in a war with them. Oh, yeah? Uh, and I don't know if they messaged me right as the war started and was like, oh, did I just happen to be in a war with Omnis? And or if we just happened to have gotten paired right after that. He and I weren't fighting, but I was it was a really close war at one point. We were seven wins, seven wins. And like my 
Kingdom had two fights to go and theirs had one. So it was really neck and neck where I actually tagged the Kingdom mates and were like, this is a close war. Can you come in? And actually the prior queen came in with like 10 minutes left. She's like, I just woke up because she's in uh, like Israel time. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I woke up, saw the message, won the fight. We win eight to seven with less than 10 minutes to go. Like, oh, man. Mad, mad props. Uh, but that was a really that was a really close war. And I, I appreciated the comments from from Dro. I'm going to assume that was also him. And man, crazy nitty numbers. Yeah. Nine thousand and thirty one is very impressive. Very impressive. Listeners, do you have any uh, do you have a better number than that for your Nidhogg gills? <laughs> Nine thousand thirty-one. I, I that that has got to be in the range of like one of the highest nitty kills, right? Definitely getting deep into the nitty gritty over there. Oh, I like it. Um, but we did get another uh, comment on Spotify from Andy Snipes fifteen, and he said, "Guys, absolutely enjoying the hell out of this. You guys have a natural charisma together." He's talking about you. Uh, that's enjoyable to listen to. Thanks for adding some good convos while farming cavestone man fucking cavestone we're here for you andy we uh we're here whether you're here in the caves or out in the studio uh we're here for you and we want you to get that stone man (laughs) all right well i have one other um sort of news this this feels very christmasy for me this is the this is the special christmas episode we're not abandoning you in the holiday season we got to bring that orna content but i sort of got a christmas gift from the Orna community. And I, this might be one of my favorite Christmas gifts in a long time. I'm going to be honest. Don't tell my girlfriend. This was pretty cool. Well, everybody else here is dying of uh, dying of anticipation, man. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it anonymous because I don't know for sure, like whether or not the person would want to be publicly thanked or not. But I'm just going to say after the podcast came out, And the conversation about me being the Omnis and not Omnis because the name wasn't available. Well, it turns out that that name was sitting on some random unimportant alt and a listener heard and messaged me and freed up the name. And so I get to be Omnis now. And I I cannot explain how actually happy I am about that. I imagine it feels great to drop the it's yeah, it's it's cool seeing it in the uh, in the game, too. Yeah, I just it it's something that it's just I've gone by Omnis for so long. It was just really cool. Uh, and so, um, again, I, I didn't know if you would want to be said. And so I just wanted to express my appreciation, though, and just say genuinely, thank you. I mean, it's it's a pretty cool Christmas gift to finally be like my Orna character is actually me now. It's actually it's Omnis. So I'm I'm pretty jazzed. So if your name is no longer the Omnis, thank you. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, enough expressing appreciation and notes. Let's move on to our next section, which is uh, what have we been up to? What's our what's our Orna stuff right now? Slash, what are you working on? Listeners, as as you're aware, we just uh, we just exited the the dragon era here, the worm hunt. I got so many cool things, Godforged. Um, I've got a new whip to play around with. Uh, I got my Gerd's whip, Godforged. Uh-huh. I'm a little excited. Um, I got. I finally got the last of my my broken gear, uh, Godforged, for my swash set. Um, so just lots of lots and lots of Godforging. I managed to get a single ascension level in as well, um, and I think two levels on my tower. So 
cruising along pretty good this month. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, I uh, this event was like both fun and stressful where I just oh, yeah. always felt like there was a lot to do. And then it didn't help that there was just a ton of monuments on my way to and from work. Um, and a few like, very well-placed towers. Like there's a tower of Prometheus right by my home city and mm-hmm. right by my office. How many, uh, how many towers do you think you do in a day? Uh, I know today because the worm hunt kind of calmed down. I have done uh, 120 floors of towers already today. Um, and I have more in my queue, which I might do after the show. That's not bad at all. That's not bad at all. Yeah. I'm, the one that I'm I'm still kind of trying to get into my into my rotation is the monuments. I'm still trying to figure out where they fit in. Yeah, I, as we kind of mentioned in the first episode, I usually try to grab some and then do them right before I do some towers just to kind of mm-hmm. smooth out the tower. Yeah. Um, and that's working for me so far. Um, but I think the next thing I'm going to work on, because I did finish my ascension level, um, I needed to farm some... Um, I, I finished the ice stone level and then I hit a, uh, realm or level where I needed to farm 1500, 2000, something like that. Um, and that's done. And now I'm on a level that's pretty reasonable, but it's, I also had adamantine in my last level. So now I'm at a point where it's like, you need 5,000 adamantine and I have about like 3,900. Mm-hmm. So, and that's a weird thing to farm as a yeah. tier 11. Um, and so I think this is going to, this will probably be a time for me where I'm going to try to build up some dungeon keys, maybe build up some orns. But I think I'm going to try to really build up my anguish level now. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I kind of paused around anguish 12, I think. And I think what uh-huh. I'm going to do is try to farm that up a bit and see how farming anguish shards works for me, which was never something I've really done before. And I, I just think I'm probably hitting the point with my ascension levels and stuff that I probably need to do some farming that's very anguish focused for building mm-hmm. up the ability to get these, uh, get these materials. And so that's, that's, I think going to be my kind of, this weekish project and kind of see how it goes. So maybe I'll, I'll update people next week. There you go. That's a good, that's a good goal. I think, I think anguish is, is a very fun guild. Um, those initial guilds that they put in the game were just, they were all, uh, pardon me for stealing a term from Miley Cyrus here, but they were all bangers. Um, the anguish guild, the travelers guild, they were just great. I mean, I'm with Katy Perry and I think they're, you know, fireworks, baby. <laughs> Um, yeah, they really came at us like a dark horse. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> you're toxic. I am a little bit. Uh, I, that was a Britney Spears reference. Wow. Yes. That yes, flew right yeah. over my head too. Very clever, sir. Yeah. I got my anguish up to 40, 40 feels good. I, I can't, the thing that's keeping me from pushing higher, I've got the proofs. I could buy it. Um, but it, at anguish forty, to me, the immortal lords start feeling like trolls. Like I can't, I can't get past their darn bridge. Um, they've got steadfast, so it doesn't feel good to CC them. Um, they've got second chance, so it doesn't, so it doesn't still feel good to try to go right over the top of them. Um, and then, of course, they just they got warrior pavane, and they can just send you home. Yeah, that's I've had even just like doing dungeons, doing hard dungeons. And hitting a berserk, even at anguish five, hitting Ooh. a berserk immortal lord sometimes mm-hmm. will send me home. Not 
commonly, but it has happened where I just like miss and yeah. then they like practically kill me. They, and then they I miss you. again and then they kill me. Yeah. And it's like, shit, that's, that's a tier nine. I noticed. Fuck off, immortal lord. <laughs> Let me keep my lunch money. <laughs> my mom gave it to me. Yeah, they they get rude. They get real rude. I noticed um, as as I started getting higher in the ascensions, I noticed that uh, dexterity becomes more and more important. Uh, not in ascensions, in anguish. Yeah. Um, dexterity becomes more important. The Rift Rogue gear doesn't save you as much. Yeah, I mean, I can wear two pieces of Rift Rogue gear that gives me increased accuracy for it but yeah that'll be a it's a problem for slightly down the road ominous but um hopefully i'll have some anguish insight uh in the future as opposed to me just kind of casually sitting at anguish five and picking up some you know random uh materials here and there i want to i want to i want to explore it more so anguish five feels good five to like five to ten maybe is what i feel comfortable doing in towers um, and you get some extra, you get some extra shards too. It would be really nice if I could set an anguish level for towers and set a different anguish level for dungeons. Because oh, that's what sucks is when I forget that I have mm. a, my anguish up and then I mm. go do a tower and then suddenly whiff on a random boss and you're like, oh shit, yeah. I forgot that I had my anguish so high. And you always know immediately because like your, your verse does like a thousand damage and this thing's at like 50,000 health left and you're like what and then you just get creamed and you're like oh yep <laughs> anguish there it is yep i found it out yeah all right well i think it's time to do uh main topic main topic time slash that's right this is our very specialization christmas episode yeah it's because you're special oh just like mr rogers says yeah and he's right okay well uh the main topic is specializations because this is something that at least for me having kind of recently gone through this and now playing around with alts uh my opinion on specializations has shifted pretty dramatically so we're going to actually try to talk about each of them and forewarning there are some that were not terribly useful and we're going to say so and then we're going to start with that the tier three all of them just skip them because you get to get your first specialization for free just save it, skip the tier three, get the free one uh, at tier five. Slash, do you kind of agree with that? Is that kind of just the general everyone feels that way? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I wish it wasn't so. Um, like, they're so appealing, especially to those new players. But just like uh, just like all good things, the first one's free. So may as well save it for something expensive. Fair, fair. Okay, well, let's just dive into them. We've got a lot to go through. Uh, so I'm going to start with Hunter. Uh, I don't think this is a particularly crazy specialization. Uh, I will say probably the time that I've used it the most is, for example, on my girlfriend's account. When she was tier six, I got her a tier seven uh, Tiamat bow. Mm -hmm. But it was really awkward. It was like the class that she was in didn't have the bow proficiency. And so it just kind of made sense. And so she was Hunter for a little bit um, because it gave her a little bit more attack. It gave her the plus 5% for proficiency with the bow. And Aerostorm is a reasonable ability. It's kind of hard to use uh, real well at low levels. Um, But I don't think it's an awful one, but it's also not going to be one that that you're going to use in most situations. Mm Mm-hmm. 
you, you covered it with Aerostorm. Aerostorm is one of the two big things from uh, Hunter. The other thing I think Hunter gives you uh, that's kind of nice is it has that full bend, which gives it either it either hits or misses. Um, and if it hits, if you look at those damage numbers, it's it's pretty nice. Yeah, um, it hits really really hard. All right, Slash. What's our next specialization? The next specialization after the Hunter is the Berserker. Uh, the Berserkers. The Berserker is a pretty cool specialization. I think this is going to be one of my top choices for this uh, for this tier. Maybe not my top choice, but one of my top choices. Uh, the Berserker gets two buffs that both are similar. They both give you a boost, one to damage, one to all stats. Um, and then they both give you a damage over time on you. So you you kind of you kind of bleed, but you do a lot more damage. Uh, from Berserk 1 and Berserk 2 boosts all stats, which will boost not only the damage you do, but also reduce the damage you take. I mean, they're pretty sweet buffs. As a as played Gilgamesh a lot, having the Chimera constantly Berserk me is uh, is something that I like. So, any particular tips about when you should have this or when you shouldn't? You know, the, the one thing with it is you do have to watch your health, right? Um, if you're burning for 20% of your life every turn, it's it's going to add up. For sure. All right. Well, this is one where I'm going to admit I have both some negative and some positive thoughts to toss in. Um, And I want to preface this with I fucking love Shabash's videos. They helped me so much. But probably my biggest quibble was obviously his video for Warriors suggested Berserker right away. Um, And so I listened because everything else I felt like he said was basically just money. Um, But I'm going to fight back on this one pretty hard where I felt like as a tier five, tier six, tier seven, learning the game, I felt like Berserker was borderline awful. It was really hard to get that much use out of the effects. Every time it felt like I was trying to use them, it it, it just meant that I was using Osmo Strike way more often. And it kind of like, I'm not sure it even sped up the fight. Now, I will say later on, there are times that even as a uh, tier 10 or tier 11 that I've gone back and I've grabbed Berserker for particular builds, mm-hmm. especially with the Rift Gear that lowers the damage from uh, status effects. Um, it, it feels like it's almost no penalty to have multiple Berserks on me. Um, and so I do think in the long run, it's a really cool um, it's a really cool spec and it's one to keep in mind almost any time in the game. But as a as a if you're a new player, I think for the most part you're gonna skip Berserker, um, just because I think the the damage adds up too quick. And some of these other ones that we're gonna talk about, I just think end up being better. Um, now I will also say this is I was immediately trying to do raids and I could do twenty five or thirty percent or so, and so maybe Berserker helps you get to like the ten percent marker faster, and you don't care about your survivability long term as much. And so, in those situations, maybe you would still take Berserker. Um, but I don't think it's. I think you're going to have to kind of examine your situation and don't just go, "Oh, Berserker, more damage, more good." Uh, I don't think it's always the pick. Um, Slash, do you want to push back on any of that, or do you somewhat agree? No, dude, I I think that everything that you said there was absolutely golden. Um, I think that having to juggle your health is a bit of extra mental load in the game. Um, I think that it if but yeah, th- there's definitely a lot of situations where I can see like you're you're not going to use Berserk a lot of the time when you're world farming. You're not going to use it 
uh, you're probably not going to use both berserks in a dungeon. That's going to be too much, uh, too much bleeding. Um, if it's a spec that it doesn't, it doesn't mesh with your play style. It doesn't, it doesn't work for you. Then yeah, it's a bad spec, but that's the, that's the joy of, of all of us being different, right? Yeah. And that's, uh, I think, you know, and also this is, this is probably like one of the things that we're noticing slash and I, as we are talking more, and I think it's one of the things that will make the show appealing in the long run is I am still a tank at heart. I played a warrior in EverQuest. I played a warrior or a paladin or a death knight tank in world of Warcraft. I, I tank, I want to survive the fights. I want to, I want to be able to do the fights, um, as consistently as possible. Um, and slash is a murder machine slash is damage numbers. And, you know, we were talking earlier and it was like, if slash can work his build to get one to 5% more damage, and I can work my build to just be like to negate those one to 5% whiffs. And I think that will just uh, kind of keep things fresh on the podcast for a long time coming. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, I think really the takeaway here is if, if you hate a specialization, it doesn't matter what your favorite podcasters say. Um, if you hate it, it's no good for you. <laughs> yes. Uh, true. True. It's saying it's good. And then, and then it's yes. good. You got to listen to slashy. Um, <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to Guardian. This was one that, I, again, I mostly skipped over on my first go because it was not something that Shabash talked about positively. But I did find a couple of interesting points where either I was trying to farm a specific raid or it was just kind of like getting some specific gear. But the resistance spells from this and especially getting access to uh, Prism Wall, especially for the classes who don't have a lot of spell slots uh i did actually find pretty useful in some specific situations where if you hit a point where you're going to try to like maybe farm uh maybe arthas maybe maylor you know maybe one of those where if you can just get the right resistances then suddenly you're getting up to 30 40 percent damage in a single go on these raids and like getting good drops for this alt or for your character. Um, I think guardian could actually work well in that spot, but that would be those, those really specific situations where you feel like you can get your health recovery. Like, especially if you've got like an Amity that's giving you, um, 5% health back, which is not too hard to find in conjunction with the right resistances and some solid gear. Uh, you can, you can get some good farming done on those mid tier raids. And sometimes the resistance is all you kind of need to round that out. So I don't, I don't hate this one, but that's, that's about the only situation I would use it for. It's th that's the thing that really shines from guardian. I think is that it gets that, uh, it's that it gets that prism wall. Um, and those, those, those defensive wall type spells. I think it's the only other shout here for that in my mind is that this is a budget option for uh for grand summoners if you don't want to spring for the um the cataphract when you're doing your endless farming you can go to you can go to this spec and pick up prism wall and give give those buffs to your summons nice nice all right well i think that's probably it for that one uh slash we got scholar up next Scholar's one that, like, it looks really cool. Uh, my play style, I like picking the right spell, right? Like, I, I like ha feeling like I have the tool for the job. Yeah, I feel that. So these spells that say that they do extra damage to uh, those who are weak against it, those are really enticing. Um, it's got that AoE, which we, we kind of gooned on um, 
on Aerostorm a minute ago. So seeing these AOE spells that you also get to pick a type for was really appealing. Uh, it's got these cool imbuements for your weapon. But then like in execution, I just wasn't, I wasn't happy with Scholar. I felt like those elemental spells weren't much better than the spells available to me. Uh, the AOE was a little, a little lackluster for what I was doing. Um, I think that's just because of how the damage gets divided amongst the enemies. Um, and then those abuments were, were kind of in the same boat since you can just enchant that on your weapon in the first place. Um, so I think Scholar wound up, unfortunately, being kind of kind of lackluster. But gosh, it sure looks neat. Yeah, this is one that, I mean, my instincts are to not give up on it, where, you know, listen, whether you're like working on alts or something like I could I could see this having a spot, but I just don't it doesn't immediately jump out to me. Definitely cool in theory. I think the listeners who are inspired by that one may be a little better served by the next specialization if they're looking for something spicy for casters. <laughs> True. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to Stargazer. This is not one that I I ended up playing. I mean, I, I do like almost any time I can get a bonus skill slot. And it did have some really interesting seeming spells, right? Like Bright Star, Comet, Shooting Star, and Supernova all seems kind of interesting but at the same time like supernova can stun its caster um and so this it didn't end up being one that i found a good use for this this one kind of feels to me like maybe this is one that like should get buffed at some point or or maybe there already is a cool spot for it but it's it's in a really specific situation have you found any good uses for stargazer the only thing that's wrong with the stair the, with the Stargazer specialization is how good the other tier five specializations are. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with this spec. Um, Stargazer has all of its spells that it gets do damage and they do some, they do like one or two uh, debuffs. I think these all do um, Starstruck as well at a low chance, but they, they do stuff like blinding, freezing, burning, stunning, um, it's also, I don't think, is there another good, uh, high damage, like just Omni magic, uh, option like supernova? Yeah, probably not. And like, it's not that hard to be immune to stun even at tier five, right? You could just wear the, um, the pendant from the arena. And so, you know, maybe just having that good Omni magic spell could be the thing. Like if you're struggling with having the right typing, yeah. Then, then maybe that's something worth exploring to just kind of get your get your omni magic going on early. Get your like your pre ultima. I'm gonna call it pre ultima. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying like this. If you want some spicy magic, I think uh, I think rather, rather than scholar, you may be a little better served with the stargazer. Let's go ahead and move on to um, cleric. What do you what do you think about this one? Cleric is a really nice one. I think this is this is probably tied for for my second pick. Ooh. So Cleric gets a bunch of healing magic. Um, the big standout ones here um, are Dispel and Revive. Um, if you are the type of player who likes party play um, and you're a lower tier player, I think that Cleric, Cleric is probably one of the better choices for you. It gives you the two Dispels, which are really, really nice if you have a carry with you. Um, because you can use your turn to purge nasty debuffs off of them during buffing. Um, like if they cast uh, Mimic's Mischief, you can go ahead and just take care of the Cursed. 
uh, which is really nice. Um, and then if you're in a group and one of the other lobies dies, you can you can go ahead and take a shot at reviving them. So this is it's kind of a nice spec, uh, but again, it does definitely uh, it requires that group play. And if you're not if you're not really taking advantage of that, maybe not going to be the one for you. But meanwhile, it's got some health, got some defense, and it's got those those pretty spicy uh, support spells. Yeah, I think beyond the group play, the only time I think you pull this is if you, you know, you're just really trying to get access to that dispel. Like if you feel like you have a perfect gear loadout for a particular raid and it's really badass, but then it it just you end up with too many negative effects from the buffs and stuff that you've got to cast. Mm-hmm. Just getting access to dispel just is more important than any of the other specs then this could be a good choice but i think that's going to be that's going to be pretty niche overall this was so. a good cheap option when i was when i was leveling um when i was power leveling my uh my ex's account for um sometimes in tier 9 dungeons she would die like when she was a fresh tier 9 uh, her character would die and just having having revive in my spellbook was was nice oh yeah that makes sense all right, well, uh, we're going to move on to Pikeman. Uh, I'm going to say that this one is mostly skippable. Even though I played very played very tank-heavy and very survivability-heavy, I don't care for the Pikeman spec that much overall. Um, I think the main reason why I would potentially use this spec is if I'm keeping an alt at a specific tier, maybe five or six, and uh, I'm, I'm mostly wanting to use them in wars and something like that i could see maybe taking pikemen for the the shields up um to improve their defensive chance of uh of winning in a war or something like that um but even then even with that use that really hasn't even come up for me and i've i have built tier six characters for for doing well in wars and uh yeah i'm I'm not using pikemen yet i think pretty much the only thing the pikemen has to offer is that uh that shields up I don't know. Like, I think, I think this spec, if it just, if it got maybe just a touch of mana and maybe a spell slot, this spec could be there. The thing that's really nice about Shields Up, uh, listeners, is Shields Up gives you, not only does it have you start with ward turns, but it also sets your initial ward to 50%, uh, which at tier five is pretty nice. Um, It's hard to get those good high percentage ward skills at that level. So this one's, yeah, I just, I don't think Pikeman's quite there. But I think you can see it's almost there. <laughs> I think if they gave this spec maybe one to two percent ward recovery, mm-hmm. that would be kind of cool, right? Like make it baby Kata. Yeah. Like yeah. So Kata is short for Cataphract if you're if you're a newer player. But I think if this spec allowed you to start with ward turns, start with fifty percent ward, and then gave you a little bit back, that could be really cool. Yeah, that could be a spec. Because sometimes I remember in the early game, especially when I first realized like how good arcane and blight arrows were. Mm-hmm. I and I started abusing them. There were there, but there were some point in dungeons where I just kind of wished that I had a little bit of recovery. I think if this had offered just a little bit of recovery, that would just help me, you know, kind of build that back up over time. Like if I took an early hit, you know, while I was buffing, that this would just help me get a little bit of that back over the course of 
or of the dungeon. So I had it for the last few levels or something. Oh, yeah. Um, Especially if it were flat. I feel like this class would really benefit from flat recovery instead of what I mean by that is like recover 100 ward per turn as opposed to recover 10%. Because at tier five, your ward, it's not a very impressive number, right? (laughs) Yes, that is Um, correct. I mean, maybe 10 would be a more appropriate for tier five, but something like this. I think 50 to 100 ward recovery would be really cool and like could really turn on that spec in an interesting way. All right. Well, uh, Slash, we got Merchant next. Merchant is an incredibly cool specialization. Um, What the Merchant spec does for you is that if you go to Merchant spec, you can go into Appearance and select the Merchant Appearance. And now your character is wearing a Fez. What's the next spec? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see any reason to really use, especially as a lower tier. Maybe it was requested. Did you play long enough? Was this something that people asked for? Or did it always exist? This, to my knowledge, always existed. Um, if you've, if you've been playing longer than me, uh, please, please feel free to correct me. Um, but yeah, I just, I think, uh, so the, the shout out here is it does, listeners, this is, I'm sorry for being so tongue in cheek. He's not sorry. I'm not sorry at all. I'd do it yeah. again. Um, the merchant gets less experience from combat, but you get more items and gold high tier players. You're probably not having a ton of trouble getting to luck cap, which we spoke about in the last episode and in the intro here. And then gold, like you were on this, we were talking about goals. You were talking about being just a little hungry for gold, but I don't think you wouldn't, you wouldn't be in a situation where you'd feel like it's like, it's worth it to spend some more to get more gold. Right. No, definitely not. Uh, and there's, you know, if you want to freeze your experience, right, you're going to wear the rings of restraint instead because you need to really freeze it. And yes, there were some points where I wanted to do some specific things and I wanted to like get some extra gold, but I, I felt like I could still facilitate that. And this was never on my radar and I and I, I don't see it now becoming on my radar anytime soon. You know, the one thing I think they'd need to do to make the merchant a viable spec is if they were to make it a global experience reduction. Because uh, right now it's just from combat. So you still gain full experience from party. You still gain full experience from uh, quests completion. Um, and if you're if you do a lot of alts, that can kind of be a hassle because they do they do level up. Um, even with those those ring of restraints, if we could use this spec to like decrease raid exp, so if you want to like actually farm raids, you know, to get cool gear on an alt or something that you're keeping at a particular level, yeah. Uh, if this if this spec could just keep you from leveling up, but I just I think it's I don't know. I think there's not we have not yet found a solid use for it other yeah. than the cute fez. And that's, and I think that's fine. And I, I think I just want to say this that, you know, even though we're going to be negative on some of these, that is part of the fun of a game like this, right? Is it, the selection matters. There, there's supposed to be good decisions and bad decisions, right? There's not all spells are created equal. And, you know, and this, I think the same thing applies to specializations and gear and, there's obviously very bad tier 10 gear, right? You, you know, nobody wears the armor that drops off Chimera and vice versa. I, I, I think part of what makes a game like this interesting is the choices. And we're just here to kind of talk about what we think of the choices. And I think they're designed with, with an imbalance in mind. They're not meant to all be absolutely equal, but 
at the same time, maybe somebody finds a really special use for Stargazer or something because of, you know, Supernova or something. But that's that's a really good way of putting it. Um, I mean, not even all of the songs on Miley Cyrus's Bangers album were bangers. Is that true, though? I believe they are all literally bangers. Um, Okay, so uh, Duelist. I think this is a really I think this is a really interesting one. And it's and it's one if we haven't gotten to the one that I end up using from the tier five the most, but this is one that I keep feeling like using because I've messed around a lot of stuff with alts in the kind of tier six ish range. Um, and especially when you, you start getting a weapon that has a uh, dragon typing, and then you also maybe have your, uh, a weapon that has your element on it, where I've had situations where I have the crystallis with um ice element on it uh because everything i do is uh frozen guard um and then you know maybe i also have the dragon axe or something and the ability to kind of switch between them in in a particular fight would be cool and you do get kind of a, a flat damage bonus and then a little bit of extra dexterity um i i think this is not going to be one that you're going to use a ton but i would keep your eye on it because i think there might be moments where duelist could be the right pick um, and this would also be my number one pick for a class that I would love to see an upgraded version of in the other tiers. If um, Northern Forge ever does a, like another round of adding specializations, I think having a tier seven or tier nine version of Duelist um, would be really, would be really, really interesting. Slash, what do you think of the Duelist? Dude, the Duelist. Okay, I got to come clean. Out of all of the specs in this game, none of them confound me like the Duelist does. (laughs) I have so much confusion for the Duelist. So you're saying it's the best class because it confounds you, and that makes it the winner. If it hurts slash veto, it's got to be good, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So here's the deal with the the Duelist. Normally, if you are dual wielding, so weapon in each hand, uh, normally each weapon gets like a little modifier to make it weaker. The Duelist helps negate that... uh, that balancing factor there. So you get a little more bang from your buck while dual wielding, but the weapon swap skills, they do have the specific use that Omnis uh, mentioned, but I think that it might be more efficient in the use case that, that Omnis had where you've got your, your dragon element and your, your faction element. It might be more efficient just to have the dragon element on your weapon. And then if you need to, instead of using a two turn skill to swap, you could just use a one turn skill and use fire affinity to make your weapon fire damage or water damage or whatever. So then like, I got to thinking like, what if, what if maybe there was some good, like some neat, like use case where you can like swap to an offhand that you wouldn't normally be able to. Right. Cause like celestial weapons you can only use in your main hand. Right. Yeah. So wouldn't it be neat if you could like, I don't know, put your, your world eater in your main hand and your, your celestial bow in your offhand. But the, uh, the celestial weapons don't have offhand abilities, so even then it doesn't really doesn't end up achieving much. So when I say that no specialization in this game confounds me like the duelist, there you go. Yeah, it's it's certainly a weird one, um, and I do think if they if at some point Northern Forge does a a rework of these, I think this would be one that would be really easy to make very cool, um, especially because it was it was interesting for me as a new player because everything I read was like dual wielding sucks, don't do it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I didn't really understand what would make it work. And now, as a tier eleven player, I fucking dual wield all the time. Like I, that's, that's I dual wield all the time, even in lower tiers. Is that 
I wonder if that's just a like a a warrior thing. I don't. I mean, Maybe. it might be the thing of like this was a lot of conversations that you know when I'm just searching information as a new player, and you just because Google search doesn't bring up Discord, right? You don't get Discord, so you get Reddit conversations and stuff. In fairness, Discord search doesn't bring up Discord stuff either. So <laughs> you're not wrong, um, but I felt like I would I would find. Um, reddit posts and stuff all the time that was like dual wielding isn't good like the game is just not designed for dual wielding and like that was the general gist that i walked away from is that you don't do it most of the time but now i've even found on alts there's i've got an alt that's got like two demon forged basilisk tooths right like i could not get that particular alt a good shield it just wasn't happening i was like fuck it i gotta dual wield two swords um and uh yeah there's there's some situations where it works I commonly dual wield on my alts. Um, I, I usually bring, I usually wear two of those witches staves because they give more experience. Um, and then when I can get a venom or a questing weapon, boom, I'm on it. Uh, and I, I, I try to carry one in each hand uh, when my survivability will allow it just because all those, man, like 50, 50% is a lot of percent, you know? Yeah. And I think this is probably a good point to note. Uh, literally, it was only maybe two weeks ago that I had this pointed out to me, but when you equip something like a Venon and then you're dual wielding, the the penalty that the game shows on the amount of bonus experience and bonus orns is not accurate. And it, it makes it look like the penalty is more like 50%. Now, mind you, it's not like I'm doing the math, but everything that the more experienced players told me is that the penalty is still the, you know, the decreased by 35% you still get 65% of it. And so if I'd known that I had two venoms very early on, I would have probably mm-hmm. been using two venoms uh, much earlier. Oh, it's so good. Um, it's so good. So I don't know why it shows the way that it does in the end. If we just communicate that well, there's probably a ton of other things for Northern Forge to work on, like all of these cool monuments and such like, and I don't know mm-hmm. what weirdness is causing that particular thing to happen, but I'm not a programmer. I respect that the people who know what they're doing know what they're doing. So, Odie, this cup of coffee is to you. Yes. Uh, but yeah, just to sort of put a tidy little bow on the duelist, if, you, uh, if you're wanting to get that extra little bit of juice out of your boost, duelist is, I think it's a definitely an honorable mention. But I, I, man, the next, like the next two are just such spicy specializations for tier five. They just, they're so good. Yes. So, Seeker. Oh my god, is this specialization amazing? It's so good. So, Seeker, the thing that Seeker does is Seeker gets an extra 20% to view distance, um, which is so good. But this does this one does depend more on your physical location on uh on the planet. Um Man, if this specialization gets you just one more dungeon that you can see from your house, this specialization is the best specialization in the game for you. Yeah, I I agree. I think in general, if you don't know what specialization to grab, uh, Seeker's always a good choice. I'm switching my alts from whatever their normal specialization is to Seeker basically every time I do dungeons with them because it almost always means we get in more dungeons. And so... Yeah. cannot stress how good this is and if you're a new player get a vision gear set you know get two torches two lanterns and be ready to switch to seeker at a moment's notice 
and uh, that will that will immediately make it so you can just do more dungeons and do more content. Mm, kill those. Uh, another good tip for low tier players for view distance. Those uh, the draconians that you have to kill. The draconian lord he drops a uh, archie staff. They'll give you some view distance too. You can get it from your accessories, the lanterns, and the uh, the consumable item that Ominous mentioned, the the torch. Well, I was uh, when I was saying torch, I was meaning the the like the fire pikes or whatever. Oh yeah, that's a good one too for if you're melee. Yeah, um, wearing that's, a couple of those. I think a tier tier two later than the uh, yeah yeah you get the first one right from uh, doing the the fifty firestone quest or whatever, and then you start getting them from dungeons, I think. And maybe yeah. uh, mimics too. Yeah. Cover the gist. The main thing is Seeker's very good and, you know, use it. And also, if you just, if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, vision gear is really good, I think that's a really good point to switch over to Discord and make sure you understand how this impacts and start getting those pieces, save them, and then see what it does. It immediately made it so I could just start doing more dungeons and it, once I fully realized how important vision gear was, I went from having a few dungeons to do on my way to work to I could do dungeons my entire bus ride. So pretty, pretty significant. Um, so Oracle. Oracle. Oracle's in a weird spot. I think like Oracle costs as much as a tier five specialization, but I think I think it's fair to say that it's like an honorary tier 10 specialization. Yeah, it's kind of just the best specialization in the game. In the end, you know, you, you hit a certain point when you get enough Amities. And I did not do a lot of Amity hunting as a as a newer player. Um, and I didn't understand it. Um, and if you're a newer player, I, I also highly recommend learning how Amities work. We'll do an episode on it at some point. So you can wait for that if you want. But once you start getting multiple good Amities, this is a really good spec at almost any point. Very powerful. Man, like your ability to do raids, if you have two um, 5% health recovery you know just totally changes your ability to do raids at almost any level um but then at the high level you need it for uh farm gear to wear the 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 accessory boosters um in my ultima spec right now i have two um two amities that are five percent ward regen and 20 percent earth damage and you know it, it's just it's just a really really solid spec yeah no notes yeah. <laughs> um and and the the art is even cute too it's solid a little pinocchio it's not done by coven though right so it's not it's not like was great it? i think that it was i think that uh the oracle didn't get put in until the uh oh. the illusion pack coven if you're listening uh if that's you you did a great job and if it's not then ominous is right and i hate it <laughs> facts um all right well let's move on to the tier seven bard was a spec that i overlooked initially and there was a point where i switched to it i think it was right around tier eight Mm -hmm. where i was finally kind of sick of sitting on berserker for so long Mm -hmm. and then i finally switched to bard and warrior's dance plus the ability to lull uh, I was raiding with it, dungeoning with it. I really liked it. It's like if you're just a general melee character and you're just trying to do content a little bit better, at tier 7 or 8, there really isn't much of a better attack than Warrior's Dance. It's cheap. It's only 35 mana. It hits really hard. 
And when you can occasionally lull bosses, especially when you like stop their ultimate attacks, when you stop a raid, they're like, ha ha, I'm about to do the doom shit. And you're like, lull, motherfucker. And they are just like, I'm lulled. I'm sorry. No ultimate. You know, that kind of stuff just prolongs your ability and speeds up your ability to do raids. Because every time you're like, oh, I don't have to defend or heal or, or whatever. I like Bard a lot. And this was one that I really wish that I had switched to almost right away at tier seven. I think it's a solid, solid spec. What about what about you? It is a solid spec. Um, you definitely nailed the the power from the melee hand side. Bart's Bart's holistically a solid spec. Um, if you're a summoner type, especially if you're one of the lower ones that can't quite reach benefactor yet, Bart's a good way to go. The Song of Power and Song of Magic will uh, you can cast those on your followers or your sorry your summons followers are what Beowulfs get. You can cast those on your summons um, and buff them, which is really nice for raiding um very competitive with um the 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 benefactor but benefactor doesn't have as much setup another really nice call out here other than those those songs that it gets is you you mentioned warrior's dance mage's dance is a really good one too where the tier five aoe spells are not so good mage's dance is pretty solid yeah i've heard there's even gilgamesh who will use that as uh as one of their like aoe's with like a celestial axe plus something else in the offhand that boosts magic and stuff too they can get a lot of work out of mage's dance um i've tried it a couple of times and it hasn't been great for me yet but i, I may just not have the right build for it yet it's it's good for clearing like lower tier dungeons. Yeah. Um all right, well, let's move on to Swash, which uh, might be one of your favorites. Swash is Swash is a ton of fun. Um man, like Swash just changes the way that you play and the way that you have to look at gear. Uh the Swash buckler, they trade defense for attack. So, if you have no bonus armor on your gear, you will have uh 200% attack which is, that's a big number. Um, but of course, the downside there is you do have to have real light defenses. But you get to wear broken gear, uh, suddenly things that are like tier 7, you know, that normally aren't so useful to tier 11 folks, tier 7 stuff isn't so bad because it has a low uh, low amount of defense on it. Swash is a fun build, and obviously they get the, the 2.0 uh, from Blades of Finesse, so I love Swash. Yeah, <laughs> probably. I mean, we could probably do an entire episode on swash stuff at some point. But um, if you're interested in that, uh, I would definitely say look into more swash information. It definitely seems cool. Uh, not something I've explored. Um, but moving on to the next one, Ranger. This is not a spec that I use that often. Um, there have been some points where I was at Gilgamesh and I was starting to do horde dungeons, but then also kind of doing towers and, you know, also helping alts sometimes. And at that point, you know, <laughs> Orns were still tight. Um, I found Ranger to kind of be an all rounder spec that I could fall into that gives me an AOE for AOE dungeons. It gave me plus 10% hit points. So as a Gilgamesh, it was still keeping my spiked shield damage high. Then also gave me a little bit of extra attack. Um, and then it also wasn't too expensive to switch to because it cost 50k. Mm-hmm. So I have a I have a small soft spot for Ranger, but it was more that it wasn't ever the best thing. It was more that it just kind of it, it was a thing where I could do some group dungeons and then also just stay in the same spec and do towers for a bit. And it was fine. It wasn't optimal, but I didn't hate it either. Yeah. 
it seems like a, a nice solid upgrade from the hunter spec. Full bend two is good. Aerostorm two is nice. Um, obviously, the that's what that's what the fake cactuses are using. Those tier ten Beowulf. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Ranger Ranger seems like a solid spec. All right, well, let's go on to the next one, Beastmaster. This one, I think, is a solid all-around spec. Beastmaster gives you bonus pet act and uh, pet damage. Um, this is this is really associated to those those pet builds, the Beowulfs. But you know, I think your pet acting more often is kind of, in a sense, underrated. I 100% agree. I was pl- I thought I was going to be jumping in on this and being like, by the way, Beastmaster is really good, but you're uh, you're on the ball, Slash. I thought I was going to be spicy. Yeah, it it's solid. Hey, you you are spicy, my friend. I've... Don't let don't let anybody tamper that down. <laughs> the uh, I mean, especially like um, if I can foretell that next month is going to be Phoenix stuff. Uh, if you pick up a Phoenix, I think Beastmaster is a, a really good a really good specialization. Like more often, having double stats is. It may be bad English, but it's good stuff. <laughs> so I will also say, because the Warhorse, for instance, is really good for raids, right? When oh, I my God, Trample. To, yeah. When I switched to doing Warhorse for raids and I was getting my survivability up, like, when, so I'll, there was this point where I, like, switched to Bard, switched to Warhorse and was very successful. But I was also experimenting on an alt at one point of using the Warhorse with a melee class and then just giving them Beastmaster mm-hmm. and the get the defense double debuff so much faster and the Warhorse hits so hard with just like oh yeah you know just a warrior class plus the Beastmaster spec I would go down and like if my general opinion is you know for just a, for a, just a general spec concept my alts are almost always seeker or Beastmaster you know, if they're in yeah. that that general tier range, those are the two specs that most of my alts switch back and forth from. Yeah, minor minor all seekers. Um, the one that I'm leveling right now is a benefactor. Those are those are my level and specs. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and hop over to Inquisitor. Um, this is not one that I have been particularly interested in. It seems like a kind of an upgrade to cleric in some ways like it still gives you some of the cleric stuff but at the same time it doesn't give you all of it it doesn't give you dispel this is not one that i've really found that i wanted to use have you found any uses for inquisitor inquisitor spec used to be really good um because it has rebuke uh which is magic double down okay that used to be the way that you would get around uh uh, Ultima. Oh, okay. Stuff like this uh, was to, or, and it used to be for, um, for Morrigan, you, when she was charging her ult, you would rebuke her to try to survive the hit. Not as necessary anymore. I don't see a lot of people uh, sling and rebuke around. Um, it does have the good cleanse. Keep wanting inquest to be good, but I think it's just easier to, to, to gear for the crit rate. Um, and then again, as you know, I'm a I'm a fan of of any any source of revive, and um, Inquisitor has a revive too. But I think that's really that's about all that I've got to say for the class. They've got some really you know some some interesting group play stuff, and then rebuke is about all I got to say about the Inquisitor. Well, so what do you think about the Magus? This isn't one that I've played, but it it looks like it has some cool stuff going for it. The lower version of Magus didn't really do it for me. Magus has grand meditation great meditation oh good catch great meditation great meditation does it for me 
listeners, mental health is very important. Uh, spend some time on yourself. Meditate. It'll improve your life. Um, great meditation. It doubles your magic. Uh, it's a it's a multi-turn spell, but it does stack with deific channel. And if you uh, if you remember your arithmetic, double double is a lot of doubling. So yeah, it seems cool. Like also, you get um, you get a little bit of spell reduction. And some bonus skill slots, so yeah, could could certainly could certainly be something that you work into if you're a you're a magic build. If you want to, uh, if you want to sort of try it before you buy it on the Magi, I think that it's a good way to go. The Magi being the the tier nine version of the the Magus. All right, so moving over to Warden. Um, even though I've been a uh, heavily, uh, you know, kind of a, a kind of a the Gilgo Warrior build as I was leveling, um, I never really found a good use for Warden. I do think the same thing as we said about the prior version. There could be some PvP builds with shields up, but I think the main reason people use Warden is if they're really into defending territories. Like twenty five percent stat bonus when defending territories seems good. I don't know if that beats out Oracle in the long run, but maybe there's a build that uses for that. Slash, you you kind of have a little bit more knowledge in the the territory war. Yeah, Warden's the only place to get that uh, that twenty five percent stat bonus. I didn't even think about using Oracle for that because I don't use the um, the bonus stats when defending territory amities. Uh, so I don't I don't really know how those compare up to the twenty five percent. But either way, this also does have that starting with ward turns, which is something you're definitely going to want from for territory control. I think that if if territory control is your thing and you don't need damage from your specialization, I think wardens wardens probably your pick. Yeah, I could see it, but that's just because the the tier nine. The cataphract at tier nine loses that twenty five percent stat bonus. Probably for the best. Probably, definitely for the best. Yeah. All right. So, what do you think of the time mage? Time mage, man. I think um, those of you who played when uh, Blades of Finesse were brand new uh, are probably still have a little PTSD <laughs> from little little PTSD from being suspended in time. Man, Lacuna and Lacunas are just they're very very powerful spells. Just they do they do non-typed magical damage, which is strong. They have a good chance of CCing your opponent with a CC that nobody's immune to, which is very strong. Uh, only recently could players be immune to it. Even I think it's just, like it's a it's a decent spec. It's got some good CC. You get seven percent magic. CC is crowd control for those of you who have not grown up in the RPG world. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's solid. Might uh, you know still probably has you know cool PvP uses. Um, I'm going to hop over to Zwei Fencer now, which is the the last of the tier seven. This one, um, I still come back to it a lot. I didn't use it mm-hmm. a ton at tier seven. Uh, mm-hmm. but I like um, Sweep as an AoE because it's, it's right. It's the only AoE skill that doesn't divide up the damage. Is that correct? The only physical one. That doesn't divide up the damage. Yeah. Ooh, does Chain Shield... No, but Chain Shield doesn't hit everything, right? Chain right. Shield does the right. same amount of damage and it has a 60% chance to hit a second target. That is the, yeah, that's the only asterisk that I can think of there. So Zwei Fencer, um, when I want to like take alts through dungeons, when I want to do horde content dungeons, because I just want to like farm jewels of creation, uh, Zwei Fencer is my spec. So I don't sit in it for very long, but it's my, it's my go-to horde dungeon murder spec, um, so I like this one a lot, and I still swing back to it occasionally. Um, what do you What do you think of it? That's a good shout out. Um, 
sweep is the whole reason to go into Zweifenster by itself. I think I think it kind of it's it's worth noting that even if you're using a one-handed weapon and a shield or two one-handed weapons even, it's still worth it to go to Zweifenster. Even though that build wants you to use two uh, a, a two-handed weapon, it's fine to use two one-handed weapons. Yeah. It's just it's just a good um, skill, period. It's a very good skill. Mana burn is kind of mana burn is kind of interesting. If you're if you're one of those classes that being at low mana makes you do more damage, mana burn is an interesting spell. I don't know if it's good. Uh, heretics and deities, you'll have to chime in on that one. But it's interesting. Um, and of course, impale. I in my head, in my heart, I want there to be this debuff build that works, and I feel like impale is part of the key to that but I haven't assembled the build. So listeners, maybe you're the one to do it, but Uh, I will also say, I think there's some points um, where if you're a a melee warrior class and you get your, you know, your first weapon and at tier 10 and you get like an ornate Gungnir or a risen Labrys, or maybe one of the event two handers, this can also just be a solid spec for you in some of your early tier 10 days. This it's it's a solid spec. So um, there's a spec that I don't have in mind because I haven't I missed the summoner quest. Where it's is it benefactor? Is that the name of the the summoner specialization? Yeah, benefactor comes right after sequencer, and it's kind of at the end. Okay, well, why don't we cover that one now? Benefactor, man. So benefactor, that's the summoner spec. They trade. A lot of defenses. They trade 15% of their health, 30% of their defense, and 30% of their resistance. But in exchange, they get a very powerful AoE summon, um, and they get the Benefactor, which makes it so that they trade off Pact Effect, and their summons are way more powerful and occasionally show up to the fight one turn sooner. Man, Benefactor, is a, it's a build-around, right? Um, whether you love it or you hate it or you love it and you hate it, um, it's, you know, it's, it's trading off a bunch of defense for, uh, for that damage. Um, and in my, in my swashbuckling heart, that pleases me. Fair enough. Yeah. I was, some point someone was talking about it and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I just realized I don't have it in mind. <laughs> um, That's I funny. need to go back and do the, the summoner stuff. So tier nine, uh, probably this, I've spent a lot of time as a Kata spec. Um, I sw- per, per Shabash videos, I switched to Kata at tier nine kind of right away. And I, I really liked it. I love the additional ward regen. Um, and also having a spec that gives you access to prism wall just makes a lot of raids smooth out. Um, mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of points where I would would come back to this um, having having ward up by default is also just really nice when you're doing towers and such. So there's been points mm-hmm. where I was doing Bayo builds and I would be like Bayo cataphract. It, it's a it's a really solid one. Um, and I think it's it's one um, uh, that I also could see myself doing for alts, especially as I want to like leave them in like a strong PVP build. I could also see utilizing uh, Kata. It's it's good defenses. Um, it can just make it harder for people to one shot you. That sort of thing. Um, I like it. What do you think of Kata slash? That's that's a good way of putting it. I've man, I've played a lot of classes as Cataphract. Um, Grand Summoner Cataphract feels good. Beowulf Cataphract feels good. Um, obviously, Gilgamesh feels good. Deity feels good. It's just you know, if you if you want to stay alive a little more better, 
Cataphract may be for you. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let's move on to Magi. What do you think of the Magi? This always makes me think of uh, the Mummy because the Magi from the Mummy is just played by an incredible actor, and I love him. The Mummy is a good movie. Thanks for making me think of that. You're welcome. Uh, the the Magi. I this is a little controversial. I, I don't love the Magi. It feels like it's they tried to upgrade the um, uh, the Tier Seven version, uh, the Magus. I just I don't think that it's a big enough upgrade. You get um you get Great Meditation two, um which is the same as Great Meditation one, but it does have some debuffs that it puts on the enemy, which is I mean which is nice. Yeah. Um, it is a lot more orns, and then you also get a little more of a break on your mana costs, which is kind of a double edged sword, right? Because a lot of especially at tier nine, um, a lot of classes are starting to get their blue lining, and. Uh, so cheaper spells is kind of good and it's kind of not, I, I don't know. I go both ways. The Magi versus um, the other one do whatever makes you happy, man. Yeah. And if I understand this right for, for new players, cause there was a point where I kind of looked at this. Like, if you're a warrior class, this doesn't really help you because it specifically makes the spells cost 50% less. And so the stuff that qualifies as skills are not reduced by this spec. Is that correct? That's a really good question. Um, I guess let me find out. I'll just buy this spec right now. <laughs> Yeah, just um, and those orbs. Yeah, that's that's why I've got you here. It's it's cheap. It was something I thought I had read that, but you know, I also respect that I'm still relatively new to the game, and I'm I'm not always going to have the the perfect interpretation um, uh, of these things. No, these spells are. It made my attacks cheaper too. Oh, cool! They, they all got cheaper. Oh, so. okay. So maybe that's just a, a wording fix should go in there that spells and skills cost fifty percent less. So interesting. So I I don't know if there's a melee build I would want that for, but plus four skill slots. I think the part hard part for a melee build is the negative ten percent attack. Yeah. That would kind of hurt, but I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I could keep that in mind if there was something where you just needed skills to be more efficient and that would like open up good raid opportunities or something. I don't know. No, maybe. that's, that's worth a shout. Like yeah. I've only got, I have to wear a near Fritcher charm for my Dorito build to get, uh, to get a second Ultima strikes in. So this could, this could stretch out up to four. All right. Well, next up we have Tamer. Um, this is honestly one that uh, as playing a warrior at tier nine, and I was really like hooked on being Kata, um, with all the things that I know now about raiding, there's certainly a part of me that wanted to do, would go back and I would probably do more raids with Tamer. Um, there was a lot of farming poly that I did at tier nine. And I think if I had used tamer to help get the uh the debuff from the war horse and stuff going sooner that might actually end up being better than kata in some situations and so i do think just the same as we kind of talked about it for Beastmaster, i i just think you don't just think of these as they're great for the pet classes i think their ability to improve the rating situation um, and maybe even just like the ability for like the healing pets and stuff to top you off in dungeons and such isn't isn't something that should be discounted. What do you think of the tamer? This is a hot take. I've got I've got opinions. Woo! I've got opinions on the tamer. Spicy time. Uh, my opinion on the tamer is this: the tamer is a better spec for the non-pet classes than it is for the pet class. Oh. Um, 
the Beowulfs already have Bestial Bond, so getting access to Bestial Bond 1 isn't a thing that they get. Yeah. Um, that's only something that the non-pet classes gain. Those Bestial Bonds are really, really good. It's it's a little bit of anything, right? You uh, you want to get some more experience per kill, Bestial Bonds will give it to you. You want some more Orns per kill, Bestial Bonds will give it to you. You want, uh, you want some more View Distance, Bestial Bonds. Uh, whatever it is that you want, there is a pet for it. Um, and then on top of that, like more act is nice. Um, I don't think anybody's going to say say no to their pet doing more damage. Tamer's Tamer's a very very solid spec. Um, you can even start with ward turns with uh, with Tamer because of uh, the ordinate golem. Yeah, you get like get a little bit of the cat spec in the, you know, yeah, in the. Uh... In the world, and yeah, and if you get um, steward golem, which I had actually gotten pretty early, I would have had access to prism wall as well from my pet. Oh yeah, yeah, tamers. I think a lot of people are sleeping on tamer. Um, the Beowulf have been kind of hoarding it, and it's you know, t- tamer doesn't really do a ton, a ton of a ton for Beowulf. Um, Call of Dumber. I will say this. I'll leave this as as uh, as a thing for our listeners to explore. Call of Dumber is a lot better than it looks. I will say that. Lull your follower, decreasing the rate at which they will act in a turn. Yeah, I mean, I think that that can certainly matter a lot, right? When you have um, like the the reflect bosses and such, like uh, Menja, right? That's when you would use it. So the the neat thing about this, the two the two big places that this spell is useful. I know you didn't do a lot of uh, pet class Beowulf. You do mostly the Hydras. I'm a Gilga Beowulf is what I am. Let's just be honest. Gilga Wolf? Yeah. <laughs> Beomesh. Beomesh? That's a good one. That's a good portmanteau, sir. Yeah. Your portmanteau game is on point. Uh, Dumber is nice because it. if you slap that up, your pet will let you finish casting uh, uh, Divine Bastion or whatever you want to cast in a dungeon, which is nice. Oh. Uh, if your pet kills the boss while you're channeling Divine Bastion... Uh, you go to the next floor and you have to start it all over again, which is kind of a bummer. The other thing, this is the real sneaky peeky thing that listeners, I haven't, I have not, but dipped my toe into the exploration of this. Um, there are some actions that aren't like a buff or debuff. And if you use dumber, it will make your pet more likely to perform that action because all of the other actions are less likely to occur. Can you give me an example of what one of those would be? I think a really good one is Revive. Because oh. Revive is not a buff, it's not a heal, it's not a debuff, and it's not an attack. So if you cast Dumber, your pet will be less likely to do the non-Revive things, which makes him more likely to do the Revive. Gotcha. So if you as like one of the dragon pets, right, that has Revive or something like that. you could Yeah, like Fafnir. Yeah. Or- like Faffy. Good old Faffums. Okay. All right. Well, uh, what's next, Slash? Next is Raider. Uh, Raider is sort of the the the, the Tier 9 version of the Berserker. Uh, it gets Berserk 3, uh, which is a single debuff. It has a large dot, and it boosts all of your stats. I want to say it boosts all your stats by 50, uh, whereas Berserker gives you 25% damage and 25% all stats. I think it's Berserk 1 is 50% damage, and then Berserk 2 is 25% to all stats. That sounds right. I've heard a lot of people, like, there are times where, like, warrior classes would do, still have the Chimera pet for Berserk 1, 
and then do Raider for Berserk 3 and can get some pretty, pretty nutso damage in. I think this spec, if you're the type of person who does not like using consumables, and this is me, folks, um, on my copy of Pokemon Blue uh, <laughs> from 1990, I don't want to talk about it, the potion that you get in your bedroom before leaving your room for the day, like, that is rotting in the computer. I still have that potion. I will not. <laughs> what if I need it? Um, yeah. If you're like me, uh, listeners, and you don't you don't like using consumables, uh, once you're up to tier 9, tier 10, Raider's, Raider's a good option. If you don't mind using consumables, uh, Raider's terrible. You can just get Berserk 1 and 2 from Mushrooms. Or sorry, uh, one and three from mushrooms, and you don't you don't need it. <laughs> Which mushrooms are they? It's the it's the smelly mushrooms, isn't it? I I use the berserk two one often, but I haven't really used the the other one. It's the smelly mushroom and the berserk mushroom. Yeah, so I use the berserk mushroom a lot, but I don't have a ton of the smelly mushroom. Yeah, they come from uh, they come from Naganine. Okay. Um, so you gotta kind of so that'll be down. that'll be next. Uh, yeah, that'll be next March around St. Patty's Day. Yeah, that was literally right. Before I, I made my account on March 31st. So I had just missed that as a big event. And uh, I think when he hit again as like a partial event, I was um, I think it was just a little little bit of a lull where I like just needed a little, you know, a little game break. You know, you'll manage the burnout and such. Um, mm-hmm. He was one of the early waves. You know, let me double check. I think Scrooge might drop some as well. I don't remember seeing it, but maybe. All right, well, let's talk Assassin for a moment. It's a class that gives you um, a big boost to Dexterity. It gives you Counterattack 2, which is a really sweet skill for PvP because when you win, uh, Counterattacks actually give you priority. If you kind of kill each other, the Counterattacker wins. And then it it does give you uh, a boon. Uh, It doubles the HP and mana from consumables, which is sweet greater chance to apply status effects and you deal extra damage to your opponent's ward and can cause them to bleed. It's pretty cool. It's not one that I, cause I, I haven't had alts at tier nine very much and it wasn't something that worked for my Gilgamesh build at tier nine. So it's not something I have experience with slash. Have you found a good spot where assassin really shines? So the big thing that Assassin does for you is it does make your status effects 20% more likely to be applied. Uh, That's additive too, which is just so good. Um, This is borderline mandatory uh, for when you're really pushing that exceptionally hard content. Um, This spec becomes kind of mandatory. Uh, If you're doing a really deep dive into a dungeon, there's probably a, if you're not an assassin there's probably a reason that you're not assassin but assassins assassins a very good spec for that just because you want your you want your stun darts landing you want uh you mean for like endless dungeons and such yeah very deep okay. dives into endless and uh when you're also when you're playing with high anguish gotcha okay that makes sense all right well let's talk about charmer charmer is a good one we uh we liked the we liked the tier the tier seven version of the charmer the uh what was it called the bard the bard thank you sort of just an all-around upgraded version of uh of the bard you know you get the you get the the spells that that buff your party's uh stats you get warrior pavane you get mage pavane um again just a a good solid like i don't know what class i want to play spec because it's good for it's good for summoners you can buff your summons 
It's good for warriors. You can do damage with it, and it's good for um, mages that want to do some AOE. Yeah, if you're not playing a build that's kind of reliant on crits, but you you need better, like a really good damage spell, and Lol is just really solid for raiding in general. And so having Lol too, um, I'm a I'm a fan of Charmer as well. Um, and it's one that I've kind of wished that I had found more reasons to use, but I was really hooked on Kata. Yeah, I feel like I ended up gearing my way out of Charmer. Um, Warrior Pavane can't crit. Um, Mage's Pavane. Mage's Pavane has a lower bottom end than the uh, the Bard version, which means that the tier nine on on a bad roll, the tier nine spell will do less damage than the tier seven would on its worst roll. So I feel like the the Bard ends up being a little bit better for when you're down leveled and trying to do uh, AOE magic. The Charmers. Charmers is a good all around class, though uh, specialization. I just I feel like I I outgeared it because by the time I was interested in a spell like Warrior's Pavane, I wanted to crit. Makes sense. All right, well, let's talk Sequencer for a minute. Even though this is a class that I haven't personally played, it's one that I really wish they'd make a melee version of because I love Quick Cast. But um, so it's the it's kind of a staff dual wielding magic class where it gives you a chance to cast spells twice when you're dual wielding staves. Um, it uh, it gives you a, a partial quick cast chance. So if you kind of combine that with the lungs of Oceanus on um, Celestial Weapon, you know, you can, you can get to hitting that ultima on one turn really often. And then it does give you bonus skill slots. And then it, it doesn't hurt your... Um, it just lowers your defense and resistance a little bit, but ups your decks, which is never a bad thing. I, I've seen this do some really impressive things for Ultima builds and that sort of thing. And it feels like it would probably work for like the Heretic builds because they've got some multicast badass spells as well. What do you think of Sequencer? Sequencer is a cool spec. Um, the dual casting is sort of another, like you can kind of think about that as an extra like 20% chance to crit that stacks with your like your normal crit, right? I have a 120% chance to crit. Well, it's almost like you crit and then you crit again, right? Mm. This being able to do that does let you sneak past the damage cap, right? Because both of your two uh, casts can be uh, at the the damage cap, right? How does that work in uh, Blade of Finesse? Does the second spell, like does the first spell potentially hit you for half and then the second cast can kill you? I, you know, I don't know. I didn't play, uh, I haven't played Blade of Finesse as a sequencer. My intuition tells me probably not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as you know, the, you can't do more than 9.99999 million with a, yeah. with a single spell, but sequencer is a way to kind of cheat that a little. Gotcha. All right. Well, Slash, we got a couple left. What do you think of the High Cleric? Uh, if you're following along at home, we've, we'd already done the Benefactor. The High Cleric high cleric's cool man like i i like the the cleric i like getting high the high cleric's right there it's got a beard um again very focused on um on party play it's got uh it's got those those cleanses it's got your choice of revives i think i've used i've used all three versions of revive before (laughs) (laughs) uh revive one is nice for for those party members that are you know they want a red line revive two is nice for when you're trying to get your revive out in one or two spells or uh one or two turns and then revive three is full health so who doesn't love that 
I don't know if this will come up, but I do think it's worth mentioning that uh, it does give ac- like proficiency for axes and hammers, which I think mm-hmm. – I there are definitely times where I've looked at the, the classes in general at Orna and kind of wish that there was just like a little bit more proficiencies. And maybe that's just my Gilgamesh Ursa talking where I'm like, I can use thief gear, but like I am not proficient in any of the thief weapons. It's always kind of like seemed a little little odd to me. Um, so I, I yeah. kind of keep an eye on the proficiencies, just see if they ever, you know, sometimes, you know, 5% damage boost is not is not nothing. That's that's a definitely a good call out. And staves is a good, good weapon, too. Yeah. OK, so we got one last one. The Chronomancer. And so uh, this is uh, an upgrade to the Time Mage, correct? Yep. The uh, this this one has kind of a lot of the same the same kind of stuff going on with its spells. Uh, like I said, your your blade of finesse uh, blade of finesse farmers are going to have some PTSD from uh, from Lacanus, uh, just stunning them. Or sorry, Lacana Lacanus is AOE, which is very very nice. Um, if you're a caster, this is a solid solid place to come and get AOE abilities. I know some people do use this specialization instead of assassin for pushing at that anguish and those deep endless dungeon type things. Um, just because the, the chance to suspend an opponent in time from the specialization plus the chance from the spell itself um, is really nice. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to play with, I'm going to say the, the new spells that, uh, that Chronomancer came out with. I know these are kind of old at this point, but have you had a chance to play with Metronomus or anything like that? I have not. I There have been some points as Bayo where I was looking at like the plus 10% magic to kind of even things out. And it is a cool spell list. And there's got to be some cool stuff that you could do, like adjusting people's foresight to try to get it so that like one of your party members gets like three turns in a row before an opponent gets to go. But I don't know. I think maybe this... Maybe the spec needs more like party play practice from me. Yeah, I could see that. And also just it does have a plus seven percent foresight, which I think could have uses in Blade of Finesse anyway, right? Oh, that's a good shout too, yeah. yeah. So just uh, just worth mentioning. So well man, that was a lot of specialization talk. I had I had some concerns going into this episode that it might take a little bit, but hopefully with some episode cleanup. Um, we'll, we'll keep this at a, at a reasonable length, but, uh, man, I did enjoy the discussion and I'm really hoping the listeners enjoy it as much as, you know, we had just kind of like chatting about it. Cause I feel like I learned. Yeah, I think I did too. Like we, we did a lot of experimentation together. We got, uh, we got our hands dirty. I changed my specialization. <laughs> uh, so much has happened. I could have sworn I like Googled that and I read or like a Reddit response that said that it only affect the things that are listed as spells. And so that was cool that you just wanted to test because I would sometimes I trust people too much and I need to not do that. Hey, I think we all do. Um, and it's I don't know. I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to let you say that trust is a, is a flaw. <laughs> all right. Well, we're moving on to some listeners favorite section, the closing for the episode, but we're going to change the betting rules going forward. Cause I realized if we always are betting that we're winning, right. Then we're always going to just choose something that we've killed a lot. Mm-hmm. And then the likelihood is, is that we'll just say even on beers forever. So we're going to change it up and whoever issues the bet, the other person gets to bet as to which of the two hosts Ooh. they think has the higher amount. So I, okay. I'm going to go with something that I think we could be very close on. 
And then you are going to pick whether you think I have more or you have more. And I haven't looked at my number yet. I'll pick high or low. Okay. I'm going to choose Tower Guard. Tower Guard. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. So it might be kind of low, but do you think I have a higher Tower Guard or do you think you have the higher Tower Guard? I have not even looked at my number yet. Let me ask you this. The, because there's two Tower Guards, the one with the key or the one without a key. There's two Tower Guards? There are two Tower Guards. There's the one, there's the tier like eight one that doesn't drop a key. And then there's the tier nine one that does. Yeah. Oh no. You know what? It's the tier nine one that does. And the tier 10 one that doesn't. (laughs) Shit. I, uh, we're going to go with the tier nine. That was the one I had in my head. So it's tier. It's the tower guardian is what we're going to do. Oh, you know what? I didn't even notice they have different names. So that's, that's on me. (laughs) Yeah. So there's tower guard and tower guardian. I opened it up to see the tier without looking at my number. Okay. But in my head, I thought they were the same. So again, we're learning something. If you look at the art, he's got a key. Yes. So we're going to specifically go with tower guardian. Do you, who do you think has killed more you or me? And if you can avoid looking at your number and not that you know what my number is, but. Yeah, I have no idea what your number is. I am going to say, based on what I know about the two of us, we both like doing yeah. towers. I think you probably do more towers in a day than me because you do you do towers not while you're traveling. I yeah. just do my home towers for the most part. Sometimes I'll grab a tower while I'm out, but not more than two. I think you do more towers than me. And on top of that, I actively avoid those packs okay. in towers. So I think that you've got the high number for Tower Also, I mean, since you're you're already betting on me, I will also say, like, I killed a whole bunch of those guys when I was Tier 9 because I thought I'm going to need this. It's not as many Mm -hmm. as my – as many as the damn Minotaurs. So, okay. So my – so what is your Tower Guardian number? My Tower Guardian number is 747. Oh, it is – mine's 851. That's really close. That's within 100. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. All right. But that's why I chose. I knew it would be kind of challenging. It might, you have to like have a little psychological. Okay. So we're, we were even at the beginning of this episode and I'm back to owing you a beer. Um, but next we will continue this trend of picking something. Uh, you pick in the next episode and I will choose which one of us I think has, has higher. This is going to be so good. Do you think how many viewers do you think there are with 9,000 or more Tower Guardian kills? 9,000? Yeah, 9,000. I'm going to say none. Yeah, I don't know. Dro, if you're listening, if you've got 9,000 Tower Guardian kills, send us a screenshot, dude. Yes, please. Holy crap. That would be <laughs> that would be nuts. Uh, but yeah, super cool. Well, we all we all learned, and I learned in this episode, and I hope the, the listeners learned in this episode. And so I'm going to change up the uh, the question for this episode in Spotify is going to be, what are you doing when you listen to Ornation? Rather than what do you think of the episodes? I want to know, are you playing Orna? Are you just out for a walk? Are you at work at your desk? What is it that you do while you listen to the podcast? Because I'm curious. I'm I'm dying to know over here. Well, we don't want Slash to die, so please, please, please tell us. Um, the the life that you save could be my own. Yes, <laughs> and it, he is the official beard of the Ornation. So please, it's it's a crucial life. It's a uh, cherished one, even. Well, Slash, I think it's time to close out this very long episode, and I will just say the most OP thing that you can do 
is change specialization right in the middle of the podcast so that we can get information correct. Because Slash is my fucking hero. Later, nerds. Hasta la pasta.